Wicked Grounds. Recorded live at Wicked Grounds Cafe, San Francisco. Hello and welcome to Wicked Grounds' first podcast. I am Psycho Kitty Ryan, your host, and the person that uh, was crazy enough to start this cafe in the first place. And really quick, my goal with this podcast is to share the kind of conversations and in, in life that happens at this coffee shop for all the people that can't join us all the time. With me is, co-hosting is Rue. Why, hello there. And I am here to assist Psycho Kitty to make sure he does not go crazy. Uh, too bad. At too, least. Mu- too crazy. Too much. And we are, I am very happy to have with us for our first podcast, none other than the beautifully talented and all over the uh, media map, Miss Susie Q, our world's favorite mermaid. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Ryan. Yes, I'm I'm also, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I'm honored to be your first guest. Uh, very uh, honored. You get to break our podcast cherry. And I, I'll admit, it was very strategic and deliberate on my part, considering you've got, what, two podcasts going right now? and I've got two right now, yes. Uh, what you got going on? What um, you got going on? Well, we've got the Whorecast, which has been happening for almost two years now, and that's a weekly podcast sharing stories, art, and voices of American sex workers. Um, yay! It's, it's our sort of, like... Uh, patriotism, pros- prostitution, patriotism, and, you know, ponies, basically. And ponies. I love ponies. And, and then you've gotten really geeky with your other one, which I love. Well, yeah. Um, we, we have um, a new podcast that we just launched about uh, two, three months ago. It is a Game of Thrones fan podcast, tried and true. Um, and that is called Winter is Coming on Your Face. <laughs> Um, and it is with my co-host, Sam Solo, who runs the site girlbullies.net, a BDSM uh, fantasy site. And yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. It's yeah, pretty I've, awesome. I've, I've been listening to that one as well. And it's a great dissect. I mean, from episode dissect, which I'm sure you'll get back to the, uh, now that we're in the mid-season, you'll get back to that. Yes, we actually just um, went, uh, our episode that came out today is about season one, episode one, winter's back coming. in the beginning. Major throwback. And, you know, what else is going on with you? you? You're all over the map, as I said. So, you know, and you want to lay that map out for the people listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Not that I'm laying you out for the map for people listening, but, you know. You know, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I also write for the San Francisco Weekly. That's kind of a new thing that started in January. Um, I've got a column there called The Whore Next Door, which um, is... Essentially, it's, it's the SF Weekly's sex column, um, but I do my very best to just shove my fist in... <laughs> and, sex uh, and politics. L- yeah, shove as many politics, you know, up their asses as possible. <laughs> and we're still keeping it fun, you know. Words fisting, are lube. Words are lube, fisting is revolution, you know, all the same. And... Yeah, that's, that's, that doesn't keep you busy or anything. It's just a few other things. <laughs> well, Ryan, we were actually just talking about this. Yeah, um, so It's so hard to get you. I mean, I basically started this whole podcast just to sit down and have coffee with you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true, though. Charming. It's kind of true, though. Charming. No, we were just joking that literally anyone um, in my social sphere has come to realize in the past like year, come to figure out that um, if you're going to get me to do something fun or hang out, you have to like disguise it as work. Because I, I am a workaholic. Um, and I work for myself, and my boss is a total bitch, and she I, never gives me time off, and she's I, really I, rude. I know that feeling. Uh, I've just recently got rid of my uh, the boss that overworked me and didn't pay me. Right. <laughs> that guy, Ryan. He sucked, oh, man. man. He's so rude to you. You're always stressed out. So besides so, writer and 
podcast guru person. Who are you? Who is Susie Q? How about we go all the way, not That's to right. the beginning. You've just met Susie, yes, haven't you? We, for the people who just met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? Who am I? Besides the workaholic and the writer. And <laughs> yeah. um, well, I am a sex worker. I um, started out at the Lusty Lady Theater um, back in 2010-ish, and I started my career then. And should we take a moment of silence for the Lusty? We should take a moment of silence for the Lusty Lady. Thank you, Ryan. So the Lusty Lady Theater, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, um, was uh, the late, great, unionized, worker-owned peep show here in San Francisco. Um, it had been sort of a beacon of, like, feminism and, like, workers' rights and... And if, if you want to learn more about Lusty, there's a great uh, documentary on Netflix right now. Yes, Real Live Nude Girls Unite. Um, and it's about them forming a union uh, around the end of the 90s. So I started out there, and that totally informed my... You guys look adorable <laughs> together. You. Look at that. <laughs> um, so it informed kind of my ethics around um, and point of view around sex work. Um, and, yeah, I started the podcast in... Um, what year was that, Jesse? My co-host is in the audience. Uh, 2012. Um, and I, I love the scandal that you started out... The podcast started out with... It did start out with a little bit of a scandal. We originally wanted to call the podcast uh, This American Whore. Oh. Um, which was, I thought was a great title. It was a, I thought it was brilliant, too, but brands must be defended. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, in the same way that you would be maybe offended if uh, another coffee shop opened up across the street called Bicked Bounds or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, mean, there's, I remember when that happened, I was following it because I was... You know, stopping myself before because it was like, oh, outright, how dare you? Oh, wait, no, there's legitimate reasons. Before no, exactly. This. And, and a and, very sweet letter. And people really thought that they were going after us about specifically because of our content, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that there was some sort of sex worker stigma working around that. Um, but there really wasn't. So the people at This American Life, the podcast hosted by Ira Glass uh, with on NPR, uh, Chicago Public Media, they sent us a cease and desist letter. And we're like, please change your name. Um, but already um, the blogosphere had blown up thanks to a journalist by the name of Chris Hall, <laughs> who's sitting in the front row right there, Say hi, um, Chris. who broke that story and <laughs> interviewed me um, a couple years ago in February. And it kind of went viral and people started talking about it and Ira Glass eventually released a statement that was like, hey, hey everyone, hi, Ira here. Um, <laughs> I don't hate whores, I don't hate Susie, and I think her podcast is great, she just has to change her name, I don't make trademark rules, bye. Um, and you did get to interview Ira out of this. In, essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, it were, it, he said um, in his statement very, very graciously, um, you know, if I ever lose my job and become a sex worker, I hope that she'll have me on the show. Um, and I then released a statement that was like, you can come on the show anytime. <laughs> I love <Yay>. you. <laughs> you know, nerdling. Um, and then a year or so later when he came to town to do his show, the SF Weekly asked me to interview him. And we got to hug it out and talk about Buffy. And it was great. <laughs> Okay, so your whore cast. What else? Who are you? Keep going. Keep digging. Dig, 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 dig. Down. Dig, dig. <laughs> dig deep. Um, well, see, Ryan, I've known you for a number of years yeah. through the BDSM community. Yeah, we originally, I remember first seeing you on stage at Center for Sex and, called, uh, Center for Sex and Culture at doing your mermaid show. Mm. And I'll admit, right there, right then, your presence on stage was, no, not, <laughs> not, I'm serious. I, I've, you know, I've been doing theater and being in front of people for a long time and your stage presence had me like, I have to know this person. This is an awesome person. You made the stage look so fun. Thank you. And that's, you know, that's, 
not everybody on stage does that. And so I've, I've been in, you know, I, I've loved your mermaid ever since. Thank you. Well, I've always really enjoyed you as well, Ryan. And like the cafe is really um, an important resource. Like um, we can we can dig more into my my deep dark story in a second, yeah. Rue, mm -hmm. if you want. But um, one thing I did like want to talk about a little bit is, um, you know, this is for people who are, are listening and may not have ever been to Wicked Grounds or know entirely its story. This, this, if this podcast is your introduction to Wicked Grounds, then thank you for finding us. Yeah, yeah thank you. I mean, gosh, I, I am from not too far from here. I grew up about two hours south of the San Francisco Bay Area, and I had a little coffee shop, you know, local thing where all my friends hung out, where, you know, you could walk in and see, run into one or two or three or four or five people that you, yeah, you knew. You get that, that magic, like, uh, coffee shop bar feeling that you get in TV shows. That totally. Like, you know, this is, that does happen. It's not just on uh primetime shows that's totally. that fantasy. There really are mm -hmm. coffee shops like that. Ever since the miracle of the 90s, you know, coffee shop culture, I think, has really, you know... Oh, even before then. Even yeah, before, yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up in Chicago and used to go to some great places like Java Jive and Scenes and Cafe Kokomo that were all in the Belmont Clark area, which was like the Punkin' Donuts, uh, Punkin', the, the punk hangout. You know, we called the Dunkin' Donuts there Punkin' Donuts. Uh, we had the Avalon nightclub and Medusa's and it was just this whole like the Belmont 500 and these coffee shops were the place that you hung out with before you go out to a club and it was you know especially in winter when it's really cold and you don't want to you, you're, you know you have three feet of snow and you're not going to wait in line until you, know, you go to the coffee shop have some coffee warm up and wait for the line to go down and and then you know the mid 90s this a chain of fast food coffee came along and scenes was a on Belmont I mean it was on Clark right at Belmont it was a coffee shop and theater bookstore and they I, only I, sold books about theater they sold scripts um, yes. <laughs> it, scenes it was just coffee and scripts that's and like fucking heaven. I want to go there right now. I, it's closed. Of course. It's closed. Course. Uh, the story that I heard on the street is that uh, scenes was closed because the landlord that owned the building refused to renew the lease because a Starbucks approached them and opened up in, on his, in, in the building two doors over. Just the actual thing that people were mad about, like forever. The actual, yeah. yeah. And, you know, ever since then, like, you know, Cafe Voltaire went down, Cafe Kokomo. I mean, the only thing I think that's in that neighborhood now, though, Belmont Clark area in Chicago is so different now than it was growing up as a kid, like, you know, in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, where now it's, like, so gentrified, so clean. And, and... But the neighborhood, you know, the coffee shops are, they were a dying breed because of this and now I've done everything I can to keep that going so like I guess my question for, for you Ryan is oh. like so was that kind of the, the reason that you wanted to start Wicked Grounds that you'd seen these uh, places of community and yeah, culture it was pure, pure nostalgia pure nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah I, I, this was the, this is where I spent my misspent youth was in coffee shops and so you know I've been mostly you know I, I've, alcohol and I are not friends it gives me horrible migraines for just one or two drinks. So I haven't been drinking for about nine years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this kind of place makes a lot more sense to me than opening a bar. And there's also a lot of people in the BDSM community who are sober, right? Oh, definitely. 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 Yeah. Um, people keep asking us every now and then, oh, you'd make more money if you spell, if you spell, 
if you sell beer and wine. And it's true, we would, but it would be a totally different environment. And I, you know, I, I have, what we've created here is kind of special. And I like the flavor that Wicked Grounds has. I wouldn't want to wind it down or, yeah, or bring totally. in that other element. Absolutely. It changes things with alcohol. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I had, you know, known that there was a, uh, you know, a kinky coffee shop somewhere on the planet when I was like a, a young little nerdling growing up in my small town and going yeah. to my coffee shop and all of that, I would have been ecstatic and tried to go there immediately. And, yeah. you know, it's a rare. Are there others? Well, in the States, I know of one other place in St. Louis called Shameless Grounds, which is a sex positive cafe. And I, I give, love St. Louis. I, get, I've, I admit I haven't been to St. Louis since late 80s it's a really cool town um, but from my understanding it's a little bit more conservative than the town here oh yeah <laughs> oh, no, for sure. just, just a little bit more conservative than san francisco <clears throat> they have a really vibrant um like burlesque scene and things like that they i've performed there a couple times and uh, it's great because i but i would imagine it's harder for them to do this kind of cafe hmm. in st louis than it is in san francisco i mean you know we are like the liberal outpost as far out <laughs> west, you know as far left as you can get uh, cities in this it's true. So, can we can you talk a little bit about like the journey of Wicked Grounds oh, because you started It has been a roller coaster. It's <laughs> quite a journey, you know. When did when did you actually open the cafe? Uh, we opened in September of 09, about a week before the Folsom Street Fair, which Ooh. that now the plan was to open at the beginning of September that year, but we had some inspection problems. The mm. plumbing inspector needed us to dig up the concrete underneath the kitchen because the landlord didn't have all the pipes and the, all the stuff uh, licensed, or not licensed, but basically it wasn't registered properly. Mm. So dig it up. And that cost us two weeks. And while, yes, the land, it was a landlord's issue and the landlord took care of it, landlord took care of the physical stuff and didn't, there was no consideration for those two weeks' loss. Mm. So we opened barely in time. For the biggest kinky event of, uh, you know, the Baptism the by the fire. Um, so you were open for Folsom. Yeah, that we year. were open for Folsom. How how was that? Um, our first Folsom. First of all, it's when we discovered how hot it gets in this place because mm. Folsom gets is so fucking hot in this little coffee shop. It is dungeon. Magical Maybe place. we're just trying to you know encourage people to get to be more scantily clad here. I mean, you can get down to your underwears and shoe here, shoes here, so you know. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, you can. Um, matter of fact, yesterday with Dory, we had a lot of that. Oh God, Dory Alley was yesterday. That's yeah. the second biggest kinky event of the year. Are those yes. are those two days and, and Pride, of course, some yeah. of your biggest sales days? Yes, definitely. Uh, Folsom is like three, four times the size of any other day, and then we have Dory and Pride. And this year we did excellent at Pride. We actually went out to Pride, set up a booth. Right, it went really well. And it's the first time we've done that yeah. since 2011. So when you opened in 2009, you you had your first couple days at, um, you know, kicked things off, I assume, with a bang at Folsom, right? Yeah, Folsom went really well, though we had no idea what exactly to expect with it. So here we are running around mad, trying to like, wait, we need to do this. Wait, la- we didn't think about this. And, you know, the, the first Folsom, the back room here was just storage because we needed, you know, we, we bought a lot more, uh, lot more soda and a lot of things that we weren't, you know, it was new for us. So, like, mm-hmm. we over, over-ordered. Right. Um, we also, like, wound up throwing out a lot of food because it just, like, we did a lot of pre-made sandwiches and, and stuff. But it, you know, we over, overproduced for that. Right. <laughs> it's like, I was eating turkey sandwiches for a week after that. <laughs> 
Had you, like, what was kind of, had you ever run a business before? Or? I've never been at the helm of it, but I have done, like, 20 years of restaurants, like any good yeah. actor should. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've worked in Italian restaurants. I've worked in, like, Bennigan's, which is, like, that step between fine dining and fast food. Uh-huh. Especially when they had that 15-minute crunch lunch. Like, oh, this was this was obnoxious. So, the program the program that Bennigan's had is we'll give you lunch in 15 minutes or less, and there were stopwatches on the tables. That's gross. It's rude. I don't like that. But since it was institutionalized, we had to do it. Oh and I worked my. at like the third busiest Bennigan's uh, in the chain, which is you know like downtown Chicago. So after however many years of, of working in other people's yeah. establishments, you were finally like, fuck it. I'm going to have my own establishment. Yeah, well, the um, a lot of it had to do with Mac's wife, actually. Okay. She's the one that came in uh, and said we wanted to do something uh, more than, you know, like we had a, a little bit of money to, and instead of being selfish and buying a house and, and doing all cushy stuff, we decided to throw it in a hole of a brick and mortar place. Yep. And see a lot of that money go away. Because, uh, you know, like, opening a brick-and-mortar business is is hard. Yeah. And, um, Especially here in uh, on 8th and Folsom yeah. in San Francisco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just, Just saying, you know, right up at Folsom. Though, if you're yeah. About it. yeah, when we opened, we were in the fairgrounds. Uh, Folsom Street Fair has retreated a block to because this. I guess the from I'm not too sure, but from what I understand, the city needs Eighth Street traffic, so we're hmm. now get to wave across the street from the oh, fair. Oh, that's bullshit. Well, oh well. It is what it is. It is what it is. You also can't fucking do anything to anyone on the streets anymore at Folsom Street Fair. Yeah. When I was <laughs> oh god, it's like a, a friend of ours, Denali, was trying to do some shooting yesterday totally, at Dory that's what I saw. and got shut down with a lot of stuff that she was planning to do. And like, you know, the cops were always like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's like, in my day, you could come on the street just like an honest American. I mean, come that, on. That was the running joke. I went to Folsom Street Fair and all I got was come on my shoes. I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Which is not to say I like getting random people's cum on me. I'm just, I mean, you know. So talking every on day. the BDSM subject, the BDSM community, what are your kinks? Like your, I know that. Me? That's a really hard, yes. Yeah. That's a really hard question. Not answer, really, but. no. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a hard question. For me, I'm like, ah, so Let's many. see. Um, well. I know you like playing rope. Um, rope's fun sometimes, although I'm like really, you know, when you hear Madison Young and other people like that talk about rope, um, hear Jack Hammer talk about rope, yeah. it's like, oh, just the smell of hemp gets me hard or wet or whatever. I am not that person, actually. You know, I've done a lot of rope. I've um, both personally and professionally. And, um, you know, it's a really <laughs> it's a really nice way to, you know, it's a good, bond it's a great at home, tool. hang out, you know, by the fire put on a film usually when I do rope at home I'm like can I put on a movie while you tie me up because I get bored <laughs> which um my kink is age play I um I am actually uh, I hold a leather title which is San Francisco's Little Miss Little uh 2012 Aww. I completed I believe you were the first to hold that title I was the first to hold that title um, and I am hosting this year's international uh, Little Miss Little which will also be held here um, they've bought the rights and it'll be at uh, November 15th at uh, Dark Odyssey Dark Odyssey Surrender um, so yeah I am into um, age play dealing and also like 
I'm into power exchange and role play in general. Uh, master slave stuff, dominant submissive. I am a lifestyle submissive. I'm collared to my fiance. We've been in that relationship for about three years. Um, so our relationship kind of like goes in between um, the realm of like master slave, daddy girl. Um, I'm also kind of into um, some animal play, pet play. I, I also identify as a piggy. Um, and I, that's definitely a part of my like slave um, heart and persona um, is, and like. Do we hear I, the piggy sound again? Thank you. <laughs> that's the cutest little piggy noise ever. I am a very like prissy, like I'm not a dirty pig. I am a very clean, very like noble piggy pig. pig. Yes, very yeah. like, so there's, yeah. it's one part Miss Piggy, like rage, fierce femme energy, and then the other part like devoted slave piggy, like um, babe. Like babe, yeah, exactly. Like babe. Oh, that'll, do pig. that'll do pig. That'll do pig. <laughs> Oh, wait to me, pig. Um, that actually came from a scene that um, I did for a lo- another local theater porn sexy mm-hmm. thing here in San Francisco called Come and Glitter. Oh, yes. Um, and I did this scene with a, a, another porn person named uh, Maxine Holloway. And she was a butcher and I was a piggy. And we had this whole conceptual thing about like body image and um, all, all that fun stuff. And I was having trouble like getting into the sexual role of like pigs. I'd never mm. done animal role play. Mm. Didn't like particularly turn me on in my head. I was like, eh, I don't know, dirty pig. That's not, that's not really a thing. Um, and then we watched Babe. <laughs> we like watched Babe one night together and I was like, oh, the noblest of pigs. <laughs> because pigs, I have this whole thing about pig dreams as well. Like dare to dream pig, you know? Like <laughs> Miss Piggy wanted to be a fashion model. Pigs aren't fashion Actually, she, models. She got to be a fashion model. She in got the to be Miss fucking Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> like the best model in the world. And Babe, ba- Charlotte. He wanted to be a sheepdog. Charlotte. I have a question for Charlotte's you, actually. Oh, right. Yeah. Because I know that age play, actually, uh, I've been around for about eight years, and I did a majority of my growing up in the community in the South, like mm-hmm. North Carolina and Virginia. And age play really hasn't shown, I mean, people haven't gotten very much support hmm. with being an age player. And I just wanted to know, like, to you, like, what pulled you into age play? What do you enjoy about it? You know, what would you like to tell other people who are new to age play? Totally. Um, there's a, another great podcast by a kinky sex worker um, called Why Are People Into That? And that's by a wonderful person by the name of Tina Horn. And I actually um, did an entire show with her about age play, about why are people into age play? And we talked a little bit about a lot of these issues. So definitely check that out. But um, gosh, I mean, I really love the... Um, you know, power exchange dynamic of, you know, especially as an entrepreneur and a sex worker, Mm -hmm. you know, I spend a lot of my life being really fierce, um, having to uh, deal with the fact that when people find out what I do for a living, they think that I'm like dirty and less than a woman sometimes or less of a woman. Um, So there's those like stigmatized thing that's really nice to when I am like at home with a partner to invoke the um, you know innocence of youth and to feel like I'm daddy's little girl that's like fucking perfect and you know doesn't you know have all of this like pretty pretty princess yeah Yeah. exactly and I think that especially like as a feminist and an entrepreneur um, who constantly is like tied to my phone managing a million different projects to suddenly be like nine years old and like have daddy take care of everything and Mm -hmm. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like that's all we think about and to make that you know magic circle of you know when you you know, enter into a scene with someone, you rewrite the rules just for that time. Mm -hmm. And so age play is 
um, really important to, I think, my sanity sometimes. <laughs> it's oh, part yeah. of my self-care. And I really think that a lot of people should embrace their inner child because it, it does help. A lot of psychotherapy is driven into pulling in your inner child. So. Totally. I mean... It's like self, self-driven psychotherapy, really. Just, I just being, like, comfortable as your inner child and being able to accept, like, that you like those things again. And Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, I can't speak to the, like, psychological benefits or, or not Well, you can it. speak to your own experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. for sure. And, and for me, it is really, like, a, um, a form of, of self-care. And then, you know, I'm, v- I'm really lucky here in the San Francisco Bay Area to be able to go to things like a Little's Munch here mm-hmm. at Wicked Grounds yeah. and be with my friends yeah. who are Actually, also little. Yeah, and the Little's Munch was one of our first munches at the cafe, and they've been with us like for all five years. It's yeah, so we're, fun. It? We're coming on five years this in of the Little's Munch. That's amazing. Five years, five of, years of Wicked, Wicked Grounds. Grounds. Oh, five years of Wicked which Grounds, which is five years of yeah, because yeah, they've been there since the beginning. That's and amazing. Yeah, we're doing uh, five years. Where did the five years go? Right. <laughs> I blinked. Um, and it's gone through, I mean, there's been, when I first heard about Wicked Grounds, it was like, oh, did you hear Wicked Grounds may close again? We have to save Wicked Grounds. That was my introduction to Wicked so, Grounds. Yeah. So ba- back in April 2011, um, we had been open for you know, a little over a year, and we were broke. And we were in spiraling in debt, and we just weren't able to manage the place. Um, we had some great ideas and we had a great support and following, but we just weren't getting enough butts in the seats, enough people buying our coffee. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go, all right, hey, everybody, we love you, but we can't do this anymore. Red. Yeah. And we we're going to close. Yeah. But the community rallied together and said, oh, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess they non-consensually called, called us on our red. But, uh, I don't if, know if that's a good analogy. <laughs> uh, a fundraiser was started and we had said we needed $100,000 in the fundraiser to get completely out of debt, uh, $50,000 to keep going for the next six months. The $50,000 was raised. And we went from April to October and tried to fix a lot of the problems and not just pour money down a hole. Um, One of the things that we were trying to do was go through a restructural uh, bankruptcy. Mm. Um, But we didn't qualify for the restructural one. So we had to go shift to a different bankruptcy format. And that was also the time that uh, my ex-wife and I became exes. Ah, and so we closed because of the, the way, we, the, basically the bankruptcy that worked best for her escape, or her, not escape, but her getting away from this because she really was... Over, you know, like the place really burnt us, burnt us both out, mm-hmm. and I still think I'm crazy for having continued it after the fact, but <coughs> we're still here. Um, and in that three month period that we were closed, I managed to find some people that believed in it enough to invest in it, mm-hmm. and there was a group of five investors that helped me buy the cafe out of bankruptcy, and we started running. And for uh, the first year. It was great because um, I had this whole pool of people. But as time went on, you know, the coffee shop was being was I don't want to say a hobby because I don't want to demean it to them because they really do believe in it. But they had their own full time lives and work, and they just couldn't keep putting in the same levels. And so, like, I have no uh, no fault on them as they slowly got to their like threshold level of this. I can't really put in 
as regularly as I have been and all stepped away. So that way, the last year was me running this place by myself. I right. was HR. I was bookkeeping. I was a, uh, booking an accountant. I was payroll. I was a purchase agent. I was also baristing 20 hours a week and absolutely crazy. Putting the, putting the psycho in the psycho kitty. Um, so this past April is when uh, Mir and Mo approached me as I was flailing about on the verge of burnout going, you know, we already have this infrastructure. We were already looking to open up our own coffee shop. That was where the Spiky Jane's coffee comes from. And they bought out the original set of investors and have stepped in pretty much to run the place. So it is now the three of us running the place. Um, they are taking care of the bookkeeping, the payroll, the purchasing and stuff like that. And you can tell the, the coffee shop, uh, like the boutique side of the coffee shop is so much more robust than it used to be. Mm. Um, we even carry books like Penny Barber's Age Play Handbook. I was looking for Yay. that over there. <laughs> yes, it's an excellent book. She's coming in on the 15th to do yes. a book signing. Awesome. Awesome. She's the best. I Yeah. <laughs> Though... Uh, there was an age play story. I went to an age, pl- part, age play party several years ago at the Citadel. Now, I actually don't have a, a little or a big. I mm-hmm. go as a doll. Oh, right. You are a doll. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why, thank you. <laughs> You're a doll. Um, and I'm not necessarily going to point my finger exactly at Penny Barber, but somebody put gummy bear frosting eyebrows on the poor dolly. Aww. And then somebody called, it's time to go watch videos. And all the kids, yay, and run over to the TV to watch videos and leave the poor Dolly alone for an hour, facing away from the TV. Uh, I could hear Aladdin. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, the Citadel age play parties are, are fun, are fun. It's really cool to see a bunch of like people who may in their everyday life be, you know, powerful adults with big jobs and all kinds of responsibilities be like goldfish crackers aladdin yes (laughs) it's pretty silly one of my favorite wicked ground stories which i call my velveteen moment you know like velveteen rabbit that moment that makes us real oh my god yes (laughs) i'm so excited to hear this so early on (coughs) there was a guy in his early 50s cough it out guy in his early 50s who Professional suit and tie at work all day, comes home, lives alone, would switch into his jammies and just watch cartoons and have his bowl of cereal for dinner and such, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but did not socialize at all. Yeah. Heard about the cafe, came to the cafe, sat back at first and watched for a little bit, and then felt comfortable enough to put his jammies on and come to the party. That's amazing. That's when I knew the cafe was real. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I think that... um, you know, a lot of people, and especially I think in this, in these modern times of, uh, of social media, especially kinky people, they first discover that there are others like them um, in the world, you know, through the internet, through Tumblr yeah. or FetLife or... Oh, I, let me tell you. Yeah. My, <laughs> my 18, 19 year old self is so envious of the kids today. Right. No, that's true. That's true. But I, I, there are, you know, and especially... So many more resources. There's so many more resources, but there's also so many less, so, so, so many fewer, I don't even know if that's how you say things. There are fewer real life places to, yeah. to meet, you know, and especially 
in terms of uh, you know legislation and like exactly what happened at Folsom Street Fair yeah. with our friend Denali of like policing of what people do and how people can gather. And so having a place like Wicked Grounds, I think is really, um, you know, incredible in this day and age. Oh, blush. Thank yeah. you. And I had, I actually had a, cl- a client for a while who was an adult baby and all he wanted me to do was read to him and accept him and just play with him. And that's it. I mean, that's, I would come over and be like the mommy role. Rue, are can we? Are, I'm a cuddler. I'm you're a, a cuddler. professional cuddler. You're a professional cuddler. I wouldn't, okay. really wouldn't, I really wouldn't say that I'm a professional cuddler. I think I'm just a professional acceptor. <laughs> nice. Because there's, there's some tell clients me. I work with who I don't touch. Put close, Tell me about that. I have not met a professional cuddler before. Do you consider yourself a sex worker? I consider myself... I mean... I don't know. No, I don't think I okay. consider myself a sex worker. I mean, I, I, I was, would, if someone called me that, I wouldn't even be offended in any way. I mean, there's definitely intimacy there. There is very much intimacy. And sometimes it's not even through touching. Wow. How long have you been doing that? Three years. Three years. Yeah. That's amazing. Where, tell, oh, my God. I was in the military for seven years. Uh-huh. And I was so emotionally shaken, at, like, towards the end of my career. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be, like, I went through a sexual assault issue thing uh-huh. in the military. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was very... Sexually, like, shut off. I didn't mm-hmm. want anyone to touch me, but I wanted people to, like, just hold space with me and make me feel safe and make me feel comfortable. And people can never stay platonic. You know, they can yeah. never just stay, like, just cuddle me and that's it. Yeah. So I said, screw it. I'm going to be that person. You know, I'm going to go and lay with people and make them feel safe and accepted and together with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it started. And it started off, like, free me just offering myself to people and then it like got to a point where I was doing like donations and now it's right back to like I just teach classes here at Wicked Grounds and I just do by donation so that's the, the cuddle shop the which cuddle is the shop first Saturday of the month the first Saturday of every month I hey, teach a class coming. on uh, that's coming up yes togetherness and platonic intimacy that's amazing. Yeah. How cool. How cool is that do you have a website or anything? Yes I do. It is www.cuddle.cc Amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Yes, That's I great. Do. That's fucking great. Um, how, how is, I mean, like, I guess with, with any type of work like that, um, boundary negotiation yeah. is like definitely, but I would assume people are kind of looking for the same thing. If they, they are, but I have had people cross lines with me. Yeah. Have you? But what I do is I meet people on Skype before I even meet them in person. Mm-hmm. So they know, like I'll tell them my boundaries three times, once in Skype, once in person for a meetup face to face and once right before we start our session. Mm-hmm. And one of my, like, my number one rule is do not touch me if it would be inappropriate on a child. Whoa. You know, if it would okay. be inappropriate <laughs> on a child, don't touch me like that. Like, just. Okay. All right. I just lay with you. That's all I do. Okay. Just lay with you. And I have total control. I don't let anyone lay on top of me ever. Okay. Because I have had people, like, get sort of, I mean, it's a human reaction to get stimulated sexually. And mm. I completely expect that and accept it. Interesting. But when they act on that sexual urge, that's when I'm like, nope, that's not why I'm here. I can direct you to sex workers. Totally. Which is what I do. I mean, I'm like, here, great. let me help you with that. Yeah. I know there's, it's such a thing. Like I feel like in my experience, you know, at this, there is a certain type of client who Mm -hmm. is always going to be, they're going to go see a stripper and be like, can I get a blowjob? Or they're going to go see a sensual, not sensual, um, a therapeutic massage therapist and be like, but can I get a hand job though? Mm-hmm. Really? And they're going to go see a dominatrix and be like, no, but yeah. can we actually fuck? Like they're going to go see a cuddle person and be, it's not about yeah. wanting something. It's about wanting to subvert. Exactly. To, and, and for some reason, shitty. I've always been the it's type of person power, who bad power exchange yeah. people want to feel like embraced by me. Cause I was a stripper at one point in my life mm-hmm. 
and people would come to my booth just for me to hold them. Like it was like, okay, well, I'll scratch your back. Yeah, and no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> human intimacy is yeah. like general in my experience generally what people are, are and it's craving. definitely really really good for your health as well if mm-hmm. you do get that intimacy because i went for a year without any kind of like human contact and i was losing it yeah all i wanted was someone to like hug me for five seconds after right that long but damn yeah yeah so that's so cool professional cuddler yay <laughs> when are when are the cuddle party or the cuddle the cuddle shop. Cuddle shop. Uh, Saturday afternoon at from four to six p.m. And I'll be. Uh, what's what's the next Saturday? This next Saturday is the second, August second. I don't know. Is it coming up that fast? <laughs> <gasps> I think that's. I just I just realized. Um, you know, and a cuddle a cuddle therapist or a cuddle person I think is so needed because like cuddling is not something I particularly like to do in my sessions. Oh no, I'll, I'll do it if I, mm-hmm. if I really like a client. But like, I remember there was a client that um, a friend of mine and I shared and she was like, yeah. get ready for some really epic cuddling. Like mm-hmm. it's, I had to like not cuddle with my partner for some days when yeah. I got home. Cause I was like, I'm good. Sometimes it's not you know? even the cuddling though. Like my, my cuddling classes don't have any cuddling <laughs> in them. It's about, especially it's about here platonic at intimacy. Grounds, it's yeah. about just platonic intimacy and Aww. holding eye contact and yeah. accepting Anchor other pods. people for who they want to portray them as, portray yeah. themselves as. You know, a lot of my right. clients just want me, like, I have some new um, cross-dressers who just want me to do their hair and yeah. tell them they're beautiful. And, like, and help. see them. That all it is is acceptance. I'm yeah. this professional, like, let me hold space with you. That's so fucking cool. So I could change it to not professional cuddling. I'm just mm-hmm. professional Rue. <laughs> a professional Rue. Yeah. Professional Rue. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So let's talk about the Indiegogo. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we actually have a sponsor tonight. Um, and that is kind of the, the Wicked Grounds Indiegogo campaign. Um, so like I said, we've been here for five years. And there's some equipment here that's seen some better days mm-hmm. that we want to replace. And so we're doing an Indiegogo campaign to raise about $23,000 uh, $23, um, to replace some kitchen equipment. Not quite as sexy. To work on and get the ventilation working in the back here, which is needed, and then we also want to buy some more bondage furniture for the front. Like we're looking at getting a coffee table puppy cage for the front. I would love that. And uh, we have some other goals that if we get more, we're going to work on maybe a new sign and some other things. Cool. But uh, and that's live right now. Uh, can you look that? Up, look up the. I had a card up here, but oh wait. What kind of exciting incentives are there on your campaign? Like, if you donate, what kind of exciting <laughs> things do you get? So the one that's been going quick, that, mm-hmm. like, we're almost out of, for the $93, you can have... Uh, $93? For $93 is the Wicked Grounds cake and drinks for seven. So you can come in and have your birthday here. Oh, that's or nice. Or whatever reason you'd want to have a cake. And I'll be made uh, by our lovely in-house bakers. Oh, neat. Um, there's coloring books, there's mugs, sweatshirts, t-shirts, you know, you can get all the, the swag you want with us. Um, there's, uh, I, I, for listening to the podcast, I'll give you a little, we're talking about doing some, uh, we haven't launched it yet, there are some later uh, incentives that we're putting in where we'll bring Wicked Grounds to you. Depending on the level of interest and the level that you buy, there'll be the local Bay Area, we bring Wicked, Wicked Grounds to your living room. How does that, what does that look like? Um, we're, <laughs> Wicked Grounds staff will, co- well, you basically bring you somebody that will bring coffee and tea to your living room and host a munch for you. Wow. There will be another level where we'll come to anywhere in the country. What? 
And I think we're, we're, we're still working on making sure we can make it work of a international. Anywhere in the world, we'll bring Wicked Grounds to you. What? And that how many people awesome. would you bring? Um, depending on the levels, you know, and where and stuff <laughs> like that. One or Damn. two people. Can hosts. you make room for logistics? Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, at the website of igg.me uh, slash at slash Wicked Grounds. Yeah, Wicked Ground. Take pride in your cap- kinky cafe. So what are the... Let's let's change subjects really quick. Absolutely. Really let's do it. What are some of the most Our commercial break is over. hilarious <laughs> moments of your professional career? What's the craziest thing that ever happened have, to me when I was a, a sex worker? Oh. That's all I want. Um, oh gosh. Let's see. Um, I, well... <laughs> the the thing that comes to mind that I the, a story that I often like to tell is um uh back at the Lusty Lady Theater. Um we I need another moment of silence, do we? No, but in <laughs> our hearts it will, it will always. you know, always. You know, at one point I, want, I was thinking about using I never con- I never got off my ass to do it. It was just this light bulb idea of having um ha- taking the space above the door and doing a little uh Shrine to oh. lost things of importance to us, like That's Stormy right. Leather, uh, Lusty, and other places like like that that are dear to our hearts, but haven't have have gone it. the way of the dinosaur, gone the yeah. way of the Google Bus, we should say. The Google Bus <sighs> and the Dodos. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So the the Lusty Lady, which closed in uh, September. I um I remember one night I was in the Private Pleasures booth, which is this booth that you could. Um, Go into there was always glass between you, but you could go in as a customer. There would be a girl in a box, and um, you could negotiate. You could kind of hear, kind of like I can kind of hear you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of waving of hands and pointing. And yeah, I mean, you could you could hear, but um, and you would negotiate a scene essentially, and like that could it was usually just like I'm gonna get naked and touch myself, and you're gonna jerk off, and we're all gonna go home, and it's gonna be great. But oftentimes Win-win. it would be <laughs> um, you know elaborate role plays or like crazy true life confessions or mm-hmm. drunk beesies making out with each other or, you know, yeah. lots of exciting things. Um, and I remember one time this very like white collar, you know, Marina type bro guy, uh, maybe a financial district, you know, guy had come up cause we, the lusty lady was just walking distance from all the, um, downtown financial district, San Francisco things. So we get a lot of runoff from that. We get a lot of, you know, bored, horny guys on their lunch break, things like that. So I remember one night, it was pretty late. This very clean cut guy comes into the booth and he kind of seems like he's been doing a bunch of blow. I'm not going to lie. He's got that disheveled, like manic situation going on. He was just excited, really. He was just excited. Um, and um, he, I was like, so hi, I'm, I'm Susie. What's, what are you into? Like, what are your kinks? Um, I always would lead with that because I'm a kinky person. Mm-hmm. If my clients are kinky, like I generally want to know about it. Cause I'm generally at least going to be interested if not, you know, trying something out and trying to walk through them with something. I'm going to be just interested cause I like people's kinks. Um, so I asked him and he's like, Oh no, no, I'm pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal. Just <laughs> oh, no, super no, normal, no, no. super normal. <laughs> and by the end, you know, too much. <laughs> yeah, just super normal. Nothing. No, I'm not into any of that weird stuff. And I was like, okay, well, let's just get started. You can put $20 in that little slot right there. And um, so I was definitely doing the thing where every $20 would get you just about like three minutes of, of talk time. It would, you know, keep keep the uh, the game going. <laughs> and at the end of that minute, it's like, okay, well, 
it's either goodbye or we can do we can do another round. And so I kept him in there for quite some time. And let's just say by the end of it, I was like over um, on my back and I was wearing this little like white button up cardigan, kind of like Sandra D, very innocent Aww. style. And he was <laughs> jerking off, coming on the glass, licking it off and saying, I want to shit on your white cardigan. So definitely normal. The moral of the story is that if you identify as normal, <laughs> you're probably hiding Long something. Long story short. Should I, should yeah, I, go ahead. Okay, lo- you can actually continue. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> they, don't, they didn't hear anything you just said. Ah, uh, well. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you listen to, do, the audience will just have to come back and listen to us. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sad. Yeah, and I never better. made it to the Lusty. Mm, that is sad. Uh-huh. The closest I made it, I was actually having my bachelor party at the Lusty. We all got to the Lusty. And I'm outside when I wound up getting into a huge argument with my ex-wife and got so angry that I walked home from the Lusty all the way to Soma. Whoa. Oh, dear. That's too bad. And then once we got the cafe going, I just never got... I never got... If it doesn't come into the cafe, I don't see it. Right. Well, Rue, I may ask you... Can I ask you the same question? You can ask me anything you want. What is the craziest, hilarious thing that you've encountered in your profession? My profession of a cuddle... A professional cuddler? Uh, yeah. There's so many crazy situations I get myself into. I'm sure. Um, I'm just trying to think here. I have a filing cabinet in my head of hilariousness. Uh, I think more of my funny stories was when I was a, was when I was a stripper. Where did, oh, you don't have to tell me. I was a stripper in North Carolina in this strip club. Okay. I thought you were from the South. If Rob Zombie owned a strip club, like the Devil's Rejects owned a strip club, <laughs> that's what it would look like. That's amazing. Okay. I'm telling you, it was a trucker pit stop strip club. And I loved it. Oh, my God. Because it was right after my military career ended. And I wanted to be around women only and just be, like, empowered and just do what I need to do. That's the only reason why. I was like, bucket list, stripper, go. Nice. And I decided that I didn't want to be a stripper in the military town because everyone knows me. Yeah. No, that's. (laughs) So I said, I'm just going to go to Cafe Risque and be a stripper. And I'm talking, like, it was a iPod DJ. And That's good. They, I mean, you'd be like dancing on stage and people would be eating hamburgers. Nice. That is my favorite fucking type was, of strip it was, club. It was awesome. Oh, that's so good. I'm but so jealous. Since I, I mean, people walked in and the, the only employees, like the, the fellow ladies at there were very like country girls, like button up plaid and like Daisy Dukes. But you walk in and you see me with like waist leg black hair and like thigh high latex boots. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh, hello. Like, they didn't even know what to do. Nice. So I had, I had this guy who used to come in for, like, every night he would come in, and all he wanted me to do was just step on his crotch with my boobs. Uh. Or with my boobs. With my boobs. <laughs> Whatever. That's it. That's it. And That's it was amazing. just so awkward because I would be watching the entire time, and you could hear the girl. It was such a small joint that you could hear the girls giggling at the cameras just oh. watching this happen. <laughs> That's but, amazing, though. Yeah, it's just... I think that a lot of... Um, not maybe not a lot, but I think that there are folks out there definitely who experience their first type of like BDSM or KD oh, situation in a yeah. strip club. And I was know? actually really, really happy that I could be that person. Totally. Especially in a small town like that. And just like be who they wanted to be. And I think that's what really started what I do is just being able to, and I was already kinky as heck. So right. <laughs> I mean, uh, being able to actually work with people and pull them in so and, cool. and it was just was totally worth it. That's amazing. That place is totally burned to the ground now, though. Oh, it's gone. That's too bad. It is gone. Devil took its due. Right after I left, it was like, oh, game over. <laughs> but 
Um, I did a, a stripper gig for the first time in like three years um, on Friday, Saturday night. Um, and you can see I, I have like battle wounds. I've got like rug burn on my knees and my back's aching. I'm like, oh, right. There's <laughs> so, a reason this is a young girl's job. <laughs> um, I used to work as a driver for uh, in-house service in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there was one gig, there was uh, two dancers uh, the other dancer didn't have a driver with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman I was, I've been working with was a good friend of mine. I've been working with her for a while. And we started out in a hotel room. And then security came in and said, you guys are being too loud. I mean, we had like 20 guys in this, ho- in this tiny... Was it like a bachelor party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know exactly what happened, but the security guy and the guy hosting the party worked something out where we moved the party to one of the unused uh, conference rooms or oh ballrooms. <gasps> Shit. So, I mean, I'm sure that like the security guard got a little something on that, and he right. also hung around to watch, make sure everything was safe. Sure. And we had, you know, so party, party on. We started going again, and you know, I'm setting up, helping her set up stuff. And I looked at my job mostly as Barker. While mm. she was dancing, I was pretty much selling her services to the other because she had a set show that they were hired for, and then everything after that that she every lap dance, right. uh, like whipped cream nipple mm-hmm. shot you know that whole thing I would basically sell those and handle the money and, and get her lined up to the next next one nice. and you know it's like I said I, I'm a really good carnival barker in this case. <laughs> you have the right outfit for it those suspenders and bow tie yeah you look great I think I'll flush <laughs> um, and so at some point during the show uh, when we're still like we're still in the main course and not in any of the after shows and the other woman is, who's new to dancing is up dancing. Um, some drunk pr- guy winds up taking a bottle of champagne and just spraying her with champagne. And she's like stops and just pulls aside. And, and the woman I worked for, and they talked for just a couple seconds. And it's, the woman I worked for was, had been doing this for years, really new. You know, it's like, okay, we're done. Uh, Ryan, pack up. And she went to go talk to them and like, I'm very proud of myself because I got boombox, dildos, <laughs> towels, whipped cream, all you know, all the accoutrements wrapped up into one big bundle, and I'm gone. And I'm ready to go in we're thirty seconds. Out of here. Yes. And uh, we're at the door. Security guys, like you know, he's like kind of nodding at us, knowing, yeah, don't blame you. Mm-hmm. And then starts running over, and I look back, and the best man who set this up was in a fist fight with the guy with the, with the bottle. And it's like, oh, not boy. our problem. We're out of yeah. here. And we're done. And we're done. Oh, that's amazing. Um, we have about 10 minutes before we take a little break. So Great. do you guys have any questions or would you like to just wait till the second half? Any questions right w- now? Drew's polling the audience. Yeah. Some of them have already like disrobing in the back. Well, that's okay. It's with the grounds. How is Susie so damn gorgeous? How, Susie, oh, how are you so damn gorgeous? I woke up like Is it magic? black magic? It must be black magic, magic, right? <laughs> no, it's mermaid magic. Duh. Mermaid magic. Mermaid magic. Um, and uh, semen. It's an excellent skin tightener. <laughs> I mean, semen, mermaid, anyways. That's almost like spilled coffee up my nose. <laughs> 
I <laughs> know um, that's actually not I can't even I mean I guess I can take that joke take credit for that joke but that is actually like an actual quote from I forget who it was but I was watching some like I think it's a documentary on Netflix called Life After Porn mm. it was pretty sex yeah. sex work negative but there was this older woman very very like you know wrinkled in her 60s I forget who it was and she was like no people don't know that semen is really just a wonderful skincare treatment so that's why I always rub it all over my face and neck and chest. And, mm. <laughs> so I, I, you know. Remember that, guys. Remember that. Demons, you know, good for your face. I always, yes. I've heard of that, I've heard that before, but I always thought that came from Cosmo, which is why I thought it yeah. skeptically. Because anything trust I give Cosmo. From, any, any, anything sexual from Cosmo, you, you know. No, um, my column that's coming out uh, that I just wrote this week, so it'll be coming out next week mm-hmm. uh, for the San Francisco Weekly. I have a column called The Whore Next Door. That's their sex column. Yeah. I talked about that earlier. Yay. But um, this week is, uh, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to call it, but it's basically like Cosmo for Queers because I actually have a really serious, like unhealthy addiction to those type of trashy girly magazines. Dun, dun, dun. I just always, I love them. I love them. They're I horrible. Them. It's just like trash yes. for your brain with on paper. It's when you're so done, good. you don't even know what you just read. I know. You're just like, what is my horoscope? <laughs> what celebrity boy am I supposed to marry? How do I make my legs look thinner? Like, so what celebrity boy is yours? Oh God! What is my celebrity? Okay, this month. and it changes this from month. there. No, okay. I'm when I when I was reading those magazines when I was like you know you twelve you or free thirteen. Time? Yeah, when I was twelve or thirteen. Is that last <laughs> time you had free time, twelve or thirteen. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, no, I I think about I I don't have huge celebrity crushes these days, but one of my first celebrity crushes that I like cut out images of in like YM and Seventeen magazine was none other than Frodo Baggins himself, oh, Elijah yeah. Wood. Oh. <laughs> Dreamboat of the century. You know, in college, <laughs> Sherilyn Fenn was mine. Ah, uh, that Audrey, mm, Audrey Horn. Oh. Um, <laughs> actually, one of my early um, names that I have now discarded. One of my early ho names was Audrey. Um, oh. After Audrey Horn, of course. After Audrey Horn. That's a good name. Uh, Twin yeah. Peaks. Twin oh. Peaks. Twin I remember back. Twin Peaks was one of those. Was one of those shows that. Especially for like the weird, uh, quirky, geeky culture that we all mm-hmm. get together. I mean, it's like my friends and I would do Twin Peaks tr- parties where we'd make sure we have two or three pies, fresh coffee, and we would sit down and we were just hooked into the show. It's so good. I watched it when I was um, on tour, actually. So before I did sex work, I was um, tour managing and doing like merch girl stuff for different bands and stuff. Oh, wow. And so living out of you know a tour van and like. <clears throat> you know, street. We we get into some weird town, stay with some random fans, mm-hmm. and then like go upstairs and hold up. What's your Wi-Fi password? We're gonna be watching Twin Peaks. And, like, <laughs> I'm getting like really creeped out when we're driving through these little small towns. I'm yeah. like, was that an owl? Turn around! Turn around! <laughs> Just don't talk to the log. Right. You don't want to know what the log has to <laughs> you don't say. Wanna... Darkness. <clears throat> Are we? I'm like going back down, you know, going through Twin Peaks in my head and it's like, you know, I think it's about time I watch that again. I haven't watched no, that it in a is. while. It is. I heard a rumor. It may have been just a rumor, but um, my, my best friend and playwriting partner, Shawnee Andres, is also a huge Twin, Fe- Twin Peaks fan. <clears throat> and he sent me um, a link that had been posted in one of the like L.A. casting call um you know, newsletters about a, a casting call for Twin Peaks, you know, because at the end, sorry, spoiler alert, everybody. Sorry, um, if you haven't, if, you, if you're if you being spoiled by this podcast for Twin Peaks, the, a show that was on, it's, yeah. Jesse, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> we do but, have a question when you're 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But just that, um, you know, at the end of that series, Laura says to Agent Cooper, like, I will return in 20 years. And it's been 20 years. <gasps> and there was a casting call for David for a David Lynch film that was like, we need an all-American, busty-looking babe. I definitely sent in headshots. Don't worry. I think... Do, is there oh. some way we can pick campaign for you to get fined? Who knows around? what happened? It was for like a casting call like several yeah. months ago. But new tw- new David Lynch Twin Peaks episodes like may be in back? the works. <laughs> I know, right? Never. Um, I heard there was a question. The question mm-hmm. is from oh. Gray Shield. And it, what what platform is this? Oh, from? this, this was is from on Justin TV. Justin TV. The chat along with our live Hi guys. stream. How many people do we have? Is are we ever going to be open for mornings? Actually, right, seriously, right. though. Seriously. <laughs> so, I cannot tell you how many times I've been down here and been like, oh, wow, it's, it's morning time. I would love a coffee. Oh, Wicked Grounds what? is right oh, nearby. I got this one. I got those. All right. So, first of all, when we opened up Wicked Grounds, we were open from 10 to 10 mm-hmm. during the week. Right. And, you know, we did a modest mornings instead of like the, the bushy eyed mornings because you have, you know, four or five coffee shops right. right around us. And so we, you know, we wanted to ease into that. And so after the, the bankruptcy, um, some of the things that had changed with us is we had a restaurant, Citizens Band, which is really delicious food, open up in the building on the corner. And ever since they opened up, we never had a lunch crowd. They ate up, they're eating up our lunch mm. uh, for like neighborhood local lunch and stuff like that. So I kind of like, well, I conceded lunches to them and focused on uh, when we were busy, which was, you know, the munch time because, you know, all the mm-hmm. social meetup kink related meetings are belong to us right and so that's why we were open three to ten for the last two years makes sense but this neighborhood's also changed a lot in those five years and there's a lot more people walking the streets Mm -hmm. and we are looking in a few months uh as soon as we get i think as soon as we get past Folsom we're gonna get the logistics going of getting some morning hours and being open up more wicked grounds for everybody wicked breakfast is great wicked breakfast i want to come eat breakfast here so bad well we do waffles you have coffee like we have waffles ah! because breakfast bagels breakfast bagels yeah we do like for the fair days like for pride for Folsom, for dory we do open up early and do offer a great breakfast stuff imagine going to wicked grounds getting a shot of espresso on a wednesday evening and then going to bondage a go-go at the cat club just around the corner getting the shit beat out of you going home with your date having wild sex waking up in the morning and coming to wicked grounds for wicked breakfast and having a coffee and a <laughs> waffle with your sweetheart I just... you, you haven't painted a picture at all for yourself have you i'm just saying <laughs> i can I'm picture a little saying. pinky audrey hepburn in front of wicked grounds with her little Croissant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And breakfast, breakfast, at wicked, breakfast at Wicked Grounds. <laughs> breakfast at Wicked Grounds. <laughs> yeah. Rope marks on Audrey Hepburn. Oh, can everyone imagine that? Join me in this. Uh, <gasps> rope marks on Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Oh, there is a good picture of Audrey Hepburn with the ball gag photoshopped in. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'll pull that Excellent up. news. All right. So um, for, it's about... Uh, it's been about an hour with this, and we're going to take a little break in a little minute. If you're listening at home during the live broadcast, we'll be back in probably about 15, 20 minutes or so. Long enough time for people to refresh their drinks because it is hot back here. Um, for those listening on the... Uh, oh, that one's good. Uh, for those uh, listening in the recordings... Um, on the radio... We- we will see you in two weeks as we you'll have to wait two whole weeks of anticipation until we get let you have the uh, second the, chapter the goods until we get to second base until we get to second base I can't wait to get to second base with Susie meow. Uh, hello alright so meow <laughs>